the future at the position is already on the team, and they'd all point to Michael Bishop. Absolutely not. Do I look like I know where Huntsville Texas is? <laughs> <laughs> I weighed like 115. I was little in high school. Oh, 115? Yeah, so we were playing football. She kicking us out. If the Cowboys lose, she's going to kick everybody out of the house. <laughs> Tell them they can't take her to go play. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Good to it. Good to it. Let's get down to it. Good to it. Good to it. Good to it. Let's get down to it. Deshaun Carter, University of Houston, wide receiver. How are you? Welcome to the Cut to a Podcast. All right, thank you for having me. I'm doing very well. Yeah, I got my co-host, Coley Mick. Nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right, so we're going to get a little icebreakers going. What's your favorite color and why? Red. Okay, just, why? I just like the color red. I mean, it fit me well, man. You yeah. know how that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red's my favorite <laughs> color, too. I, I love it. All right. Um, are you a morning person or night person? I'm a morning person. You know, I like to start my day early. I yeah. got a baby, so you know you gotta get up early, be the man of the house, take care of your child. Yeah. I mean, I wake up around four every morning, just make sure my baby got a bottle, make sure her clothes ready, get wow. my day started, and just set out my schedule and go about things. I'm a morning person, but that's real morning. I, I ain't up at four. <laughs> but for, I'm forcefully up at four, but I don't want to be up at four. Yes. <laughs> All right, so um PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Okay, why? Why PlayStation? I had Xbox when I was little, like around eight years old. And it just got stolen. And ever since then, I just didn't go back to the Xbox because I wanted the P5 and the P4 and everything that came out. I just had it. So okay. my dad always had PlayStation growing up. So, you know, I just followed his footsteps. Okay. So what, what games you into right now? I like Batman, just like Uncharted and some adventure games. You know, I could just go in game mode. And I like GTA, but mostly I like Madden and 2K2. But. Okay. So, like, do you have a chair? Do you have headphones? All of that? I don't have a game. Like, I just gave my game away, really, just because oh, okay. I could start locking in. And okay. I gave it to my cousin. And he just taking off with it now. I yes. can just see him buying games. <laughs> oh, and I'm bad. Man, you using all my money on the games. <laughs> what was your favorite team growing up? Any sport? It doesn't have to be football, just any sport. Favorite team growing up, Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Just because my grandma, she a big Cowboys fan. And we always just, just wake up Sunday mornings. You know, you're going to get a home-cooked meal mm. grandma. And we just sitting ready, get our game shirts ready, our jerseys ready. We sitting in front of the TV waiting for the Cowboys to come on. Oh, wow. Okay, so y'all used to do the jersey and everything. Jerseys, everybody on the block just come outside, nice. come to my grandma's house, come get them some chili, some cornbread, okay. some chicken, waffles. She was going to throw down in the morning when the Cowboys <laughs> played. Wow. <laughs> so, so I'm guessing then, since y'all into it, Man, halftime come or the game ain't going too well. Y'all in the street playing football in the, or in the front or backyard playing football. <laughs> yeah, so we were playing football. She kicking us out. If the Cowboys lose, she's going to kick everybody out of the house. Tell them they can't take us to go play. I'm oh, <laughs> she wanted those. So if the team is bad, it ruined her whole day. Oh, yeah. She serious about them Cowboys. And yeah. We always been together. And every time the Cowboys come on, she'll blow my phone up. Like, where you at? The game from the start. 
mm. I was like, I'm about to run back home and end up getting home in time for the game. Okay. So, man, where, where are you from in a place you like to call your hometown? Originally from Willis, Texas. I moved to the Woodlands around ninth grade. Mm -hmm. But around the 936 area, it's like outside the suburbs of Houston. Okay. It's around the metro in Houston. Uh, we a little small town, country. Nah, that is. Uh, we got one of the quarterbacks. He from Willis, Texas. Michael Bishop. That's my cousin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's my cousin, and that's like the first person just to make it from Willis. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just following his stuff. Just been chopping it up with him as the process been going on, and been giving me some good feedbacks and telling me things I need to work on and stuff. Hearing from him is just great because he has been a he yeah. done stuff that a lot of people can't say they done. And just me getting to talk to him about football and learning more with him is just a very blessing. And I'm just thankful for him to let me know and telling me things I need to know. Yeah, he pl he played at K State, the quarterback that played at K State. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, he played for the. Pa I was getting to it. I was getting to it. <laughs> Coley Mick love him so he, he he's a Boston through and through, and and not, nothing against it. And I, and I Listen, love it. Right? I did not anticipate any Patriots getting brought up on this. Yeah. So I'm very excited. And Michael yeah. Bishop yeah. of all people, Michael Bishop's still very much a legend in New England. Just yeah, no one's why. ever come through here who could throw a ball like Michael Bishop. Yeah, yeah I, you talk about a true cannon for an arm. <laughs> he was. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of people really don't even know about him. Man. When I bring him up, I tell him, like, you just got to look him up. And he's going to surprise you when you see how he plays. Oh, yeah. Especially the way he looks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played in I, – I believe I played – I think it was a, a Shrine game. I played in the Shrine game with, uh, with, with, with Bish, man, and he was he was a good dude. Uh, cannon of an arm. Uh, oh, man. Sneaky athletic, <laughs> you know, he just he, he was a big dude that you didn't yeah. think that could move around. He had he had he was like a dancing bear, man. He had he you look like he had uh um heavy feet, but he didn't. Yes, sir. He didn't at all, man. So I, I just remember that. Uh so uh, he get K-State to the national championship game. Uh, and they beat Nebraska in a bowl game. Yeah, they that's bowl it. Game. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's man, and that's what uh that Sproles, I think Sproles was uh was uh was on that team too with him. Yes, he sir. was K State. Yeah. 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 Sproles yeah. and McDonald. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I ain't heard Bishop Bishop's name in a long time, but <laughs> I I just remember uh just playing in All Star game with him, and you know I'm I'm at I went to school at Utah, so I you know I'm I'm looking at all shapes and sizes of of athletes. <laughs> But I didn't see a shape in the size of a quarterback like that and his, his ability to move and the holes that he had. He had a hose, bro. <laughs> Yeah, it's country built. You know. Oh, he's country <laughs> built. That is that is an accurate description. Country yes. built. If 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 you could get in a time machine and go back to Boston in the year two thousand, Brady's on that roster. If you polled. If you polled Patriots fans, I'd say 75% of them would say, yeah, the future of the team is on – the future at the position is already on the team, and they'd all point to Michael Bishop. That's how high his stock was in – Brady was – he was no Bishop. That's that's how impressive he was. It's, it's true. It's yeah, true. I know. That's good, man. Yeah. So, you know, so what was it like for you to grow up in Houston? Like what did you experience uh, growing up there? Just experience, 
uh, growing up playing football in Houston, just waking up. I started when I was four years old. Uh, my grandma and my pop, like, her brother, they started a team around Willis Cop, the Willis Wildcats. You know, they were schooling everybody up in a van, like a church van, just mm. taking everybody around. We were pretty known, like, back in the day when my uh, uncle was coaching. I mean, you could really get whooped on the sideline because it's your uncle and your grandma coaching you when your grandma <laughs> – my grandma didn't play about their football. So Really? So your gra- so she wasn't she wasn't like the team mom. She was coaching. What position uh, nah, she was she on coaching? Sideline, right beside her brother. Uh, wow. Getting on people's case. So was she, so was she a position coach or she was just all around coach? Yeah, strike coach. Uh, she was just just on the field with her brother, just letting everybody know that she a coach out here. Wow. She's just not on the sideline, just saying dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. And she'll tell you right from wrong. Like that's that's not how you run that. He'll be like, hey, so it's uh, calm down. Like, she's like, nah, brother, I got this. You don't know what you're doing. Man, so you play, you play, you you started playing football at four years old. You're play, you're running track, playing basketball, doing football. Man, how, how were you able to do all of those things? And what did you think you were the best at? Giannis, the best sport I was in was baseball, and nobody really know I played baseball. No, I didn't get that in it. We didn't get that in the information, no. and that I, I like I that. Quit. I quit before I got to high school. But, why? I mean, I was getting, well, that's why. I was getting recruited. <laughs> uh, just when I was a young kid, I was playing up. So when I played baseball, I mean, I could just step up to the plate and hit a home run and not even think about it. But I really just didn't take it serious. So yeah. once I got to a certain age, I just had to cut loose. I told him like, I told my mom, like, I don't even want to play baseball no more. She she didn't want me to stop. I told her I got other sports to play. So my main focus was really basketball because I was about to quit football in the ninth grade. And my mom convinced me to go out there and just try. If I don't like it, uh, just come back and just stay with basketball. So when I got to freshman camp, I went to freshman camp. I started seeing like how I was out there doing. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm back in the football mode. So hmm. I just kept doing everything. And once football was over, I went straight to basketball. And then with track, with track, I mean, I really didn't start running till I was 10th grade. And like my mom, she ran track in high school and she got some offers, but like she had me. So she really didn't go through all the offers yeah. and have the time because she had a child. So she yeah. would just take care of me. So when track came around, she was like, I want you to run track. Just try track out for me. I was just like, all right, I will. And my coach ended up catching me. She takes my coach on the side because she knew I wasn't going to go out there. So I ended up running to the bus, and my coach was standing in my bus. And now nah, your mama told me to tell you to go to track practice today. And he had some spikes in his hand waiting for me. Hmm. So I went out to track practice, did a couple of workouts. And my first meet was on JV, and I clocked the 10-5. Okay. Little, little, a little, uh, little flex, little 10-5, you know? <laughs> like 10-5, he told me the next meet I was going to be on varsity, and it was district. So the first meet I ran on varsity was district, and when I got to the district, I ended up clocking the 10-3. Mm, okay. Ran a little and faster. I got, way, <laughs> I got all the way to regionals, and my first time just getting beat was at regionals. That's because mm. I just didn't have a technique that everybody else was learning, and I had to understand because I was mad because I lost. So I'm, I'm a sophomore. I'm like, 
15 years old, I'm everybody else, 17, 18, or, and I'm in my head, I don't like lose. So when I got out there, I'm like, I was just trying to run it. I just didn't know the technique part of the track, like starting my races and how I end the race was different. So after that, just I went to a different mode my junior and senior year and just clocked a 10-2. And mm. that's when I really just turned it on. And managing all those sports with school was kind of hard, but I managed to get through it and just have my times where I was struggling and a little adversity hit me. And once I got everything down, it just clicked for me. And I ended up becoming an all-state for a receiver in Texas behind some guys like C.D. Lamb, Jalen mm-hmm. Waddle. Big just some, oh, just, just some guys. There ain't nobody. Yeah. Just some guys. <laughs> some pro bowlers. <laughs> and then basketball, first team our district, and defense player of the year in district, just because I was holding guys like Quinn Grimes and just a lot of big-time names in basketball. I just felt like my basketball skills were from the football field because I could do moves on the football field. And in basketball, I, when I got the ball in my hand, I was like the fastest on the court. <laughs> wow. And with defense, I'm not scared of nobody. Like Quinn Brown's like six six. Mm. I'm five eleven, six foot. I just when I was holding him, he kept telling me, like, you know who I am. I'm like, bro, I don't care who you are. Like, <laughs> we That's in the right. same position, bro. Like, we is in a basketball <laughs> game. So at the end of the day, I gotta hold you. I'm the man that's gonna hold you. I'm not scared of you. Okay. And I was holding him to 23 points. And his game high was 40. Game. Wow. Cut it in half, huh? Yes, sir. Wow. So you you obviously you you know ran track, did you know great at that basketball, all the different sports, man. But then you go um take us through your recruiting process coming out of high school. You go off to Texas Tech. How how did that how did how did you go to Texas Tech and then eventually to Houston? T- take us through that process for us. I mean, Texas Tech was like my favorite college. I used to play NCAA, and I used to always tell my mom, like, I'm going to Tech. I'm, mm. I'm going to get an offer from Tech. And just after my junior season, Kingsbury came, and he introduced – my coaches introduced me to him, and he was just like, this the guy that's been killing? Because I weighed like 115. I was little in high school. 115? Oh, yeah, it was like, yeah, then I started gaining a little weight my senior year. I got to like 155 my senior year. Oh, wow. Yes, sir. And when I met him, he was like, this the guy? He He's smart. And I had told him, like, but you're going to get a dog, though. So I'm going to just let you know that. When I get up, I'm going to show you, like, I'm smart, but I bring a physical appearance. Mm. So whenever you give me the chance, and he ended up offering me, like, right after that. So Okay. Uh, I got. I ended up getting a dual sports scholarship uh, with football and track. I ran mm. on the track team at Texas Tech. Yeah, it was a good experience. We got a national title. I was an alternate for the four by one. Mm-hmm. But I ended up almost running one race because um, one of the players had got hurt, and he ended up running though. But when I made the transition to Tech, I mean to uh, Houston, uh, it was kind of Kingsbury and uh, Coach Hogerson had a little. They uh, knew each other, so he had told Coach Hogerson about me and told him how how good I am as a player. And he ended up reaching out because one of the coaches on the staff, he was at West Virginia with me, Tyrone Carrier, and he was a track and football guy. He had always been contacting me 
when uh he had recruited me. And after that, when I had made the transition to try to transfer, I had hit him up and told him like, I want to transfer when I hit the portal. And he had told me like, we got a spot for you at home, like come here. And I just made that transition because some other things were happening. So I had to get back home so I'd be closer to family. Just making that transition was great for me. I just ended up succeeding at Houston and just making new friends and family members out there. I'm just very thankful for the opportunity to go home and play. Why did you transfer from Texas Tech to Houston? Like, what was going on football-wise that you did? I'm interested just because I know the transfer portal doesn't always come with, 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 come with a good thing. But there are cases, maybe like for you, that the transfer portal was beneficial for, for, for circumstances that are out of your control. It isn't like, oh, I transferred because I didn't like, I didn't like they were selling, uh, they were, they were giving Salisbury steak at training table, right? You know, yeah. or, or it was too cold or it was too hot. You know, obviously, what you know, there was something there that that had to do with something. What was it? Just my mom, she had got evicted, so I feel like it was just my best opportunity to come home and mm. help her out, just give us money on the side and give her everything she needs. That's my mama, so yeah. I'm nine hours away, and I can't help being nine hours away. And I feel it was best to need to come home and help her out. And my grandma was going through some chemotherapies, and I just mm. felt it was needed to come home. You need to be home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then they were – and then obviously Kingsbury and all, all the guys, University of Houston, they were very supportive in the transition. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and understanding the circumstances. Yes, sir. It was no – it was no hate in Texas Tech. That's was, good, man. I love Texas Tech. I mean, I really didn't want to leave, but it was just a sacrifice I had to make. Yeah, just yeah. Come home and help family. And my coaches, some of them understood, and I just respect them for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. But uh, so going from Texas Tech, nine hours away, now you're in the backyard of Houston. How how was that for you? It was a whole different vibe and scenery for me. Uh, just leaving Texas Tech was a college town, and then you go to Houston, it's the city. Yeah. So it's not too many college towns around in Houston. It's like you got U of H and then TSU right across the street. So it's a whole bunch of chaos going on on one road. And <laughs> wow. I mean, you could be in the middle of practice. You could hear a cop chase or a car chase like nice. going on. And you got your windows getting busted on the street. Like it's just something I had to adapt to when I got back to Houston. And I mean, it made me into I am right now. Just I just thankful that I made that change, came back home and helped my family out. So going from you know, going from Houston, now heading into your senior year, man. You you know you obviously you got to play, uh, not just with Tank, but also uh, Clayton Toon. What is that experience in that offense? What did you learn about yourself? Uh, the last couple of years playing in Houston with some of these good players, including yourself. My my number was getting called around clutch times, like yes, Memphis it was. game and mm. Louisiana. And when it's time, like you start player not stepping up, or stepping up, or just having a bad game, it's, yeah, he needs somebody to pick him up and get him going. And I was that next guy in line, so I felt Clayton had as much confidence he did in me as he did in Tank. So. 
anytime my number was called, I had to just come down making plays for him just so he could get that confidence. Because when I first got to Houston, I was like 220. So they were like, Whoa, 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 whoa. So you went from 115, <laughs> 155 to 220. Now, I, I'm just going to assume. But that 220 because you was back home eating good. <laughs> eating good. I had changed my football. I mean, I changed my eating diet. Yeah, yeah I, you had no diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had got to 220. So when I first got to Houston, everybody was like, you play linebacker? I was like, no, nah, I play receiver. Like, my stomach might be big, but I'm a receiver. Like, and then when they see me run, they was just like, oh, okay. Now it made sense. Like, <laughs> 220. Running four three four two, bro. Like that's crazy. A lot of people don't believe it, but I was telling them I, I was just getting adjusted to that weight. That when I got to Houston, I just cut off all the weight, got down to like one ninety. Okay, I was straight from there. And so, how tall are you really, though? I'm six foot. Okay, all right. Yeah, they be saying I'm five eleven, but I'm six foot. Okay. Now, when you get it, you know, when you have your – when's your pro day? March 23rd. All right, when you have your pro day on March 23rd and they had them socks off and they hit you with that 5'11", <laughs> one half for three-fourths, what you going to say then? I'm going to say nothing. just going to show what 5'11 and a half dude can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, um, what has this process been like for you going through it? You know, you got training. You, you you are inspiring and playing the NFL. You know it, it got to be a little bit different for you. It's very blessing opportunity. Just a lot of people can't say they getting in this process, and just me being in this process, I'm just very thankful and just to put on for my family name and going out here to show people like what I'm capable of doing. Just being from a small town. People probably don't even know what Willis, Texas is. I, I have no idea. Where is Willis, <laughs> Texas? Now that you asked. Uh, Willis, Texas is up north of Houston. It's like, a small town. Like up north, like three you know, three hours, two hours? Just about 59 minutes from Houston. 59 minutes. An hour or so. Okay. Uh, you know where uh, Huntsville, Texas is? Absolutely not. Do I look like I know where Huntsville, Texas is? <laughs> Does, like, does Coley look like? Does Coley look like you know where Huntsville, Texas? Well, it's Sam Houston State University. Okay, I do okay. know where Sam Houston all right. is. All right. It's like 20 minutes from Sam Houston. Okay. Hey, how about this? I got one for you. Sam Houston was recruiting me out of junior college. They said I couldn't, they didn't, they didn't think I was a good enough player. How about that, huh? Oh man, I trip. <laughs> trip that. You want to dollars, man. Yeah, I got that one wrong. Yeah, they missed out, huh? They missed out on missed that out. one. I like oh. the trans talking too. Wow. Well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. This is Bandit. He founded Underdog Fantasy so that humans who really love sports could play with their friends and win some big prizes. Tell your human to go to underdogfantasy.com today. Take us through this process, though. Like, what, what are some of the things you have gone through in this process that you didn't realize that you would be going through to play in the NFL? Training every day right now. I'm training in armed sports, humble Texas with the speed guru of Texas, Derek Blaylock. Okay. He played on the Kansas City Chiefs. 
And I just been working with him since I've been in high school. And oh, okay. I just put all my trust in him, and he's helped me get north and south. But everybody know I got north and south speed. They just trying to see if I can go east or west. So I'm just showcasing. I'm ready to showcase that I can go east or west, and I'm just not a north to south player. And just going through this process, just been hard, making that 30-minute drive to work out every morning. But what I'm trying to get to, that's what I got to do to sacrifice making that 30-minute drive to go work out, then make another 30-minute drive to get my baby, and then coming back home, being a father and studying the game of football, just my mindset just different. Like, I'm yeah. hungry for it. And man, every time I see my daughter, I tell her, she's like five months, she probably don't understand what I'm saying, but I be like, <laughs> you just don't know. I'm grinding just for you. And she'll just, like, laugh at me. I just laugh with her. And me and my <laughs> girlfriend, we just sit and talk. I just make them watch football. Me and my daughter, we watch football every day. It's wow. YouTube highlights. Just what are some current players you you watch that you're like, man, that dude can play? I like Devontae Adams. <laughs> Releases for days. Man, my middle name Devontae. So oh, okay, all right. My so mama you... named me after Devontae. So oh, okay, all right. Just. Him running his routes, and I watch his videos, uh, how he come out the release, how he set people up, and just me watching that, it just give me more knowledge to the game, so how yeah. I set him up off this release, and oh, yeah, if I if it's a coverage or a cover three, I can sit in the middle of this. I know uh, after watching film, I can see linebackers, oh, yeah, this is his weak spot, so I can hit him with that, and he'll go for it, and, you know, I can hit the blind spots, and just him explaining his game and just me listening to all the videos that he have on YouTube and just gave me a really good knowledge of the game. I just like his releases and how he tracked the ball and how he tempo his routes. Yeah. It made me change my game because I'm a fast player, so I could change my route with the tempo. Like, when I got to college, a lot of players were telling me, like, you fast, so you got to change it up a little time where you could tempo it and run this route this way or you just come out full speed. And as I learned that, it was very dangerous and hard to stop me when it's running around. All right. So, okay, Devontae with the releases. So I'm going to name a few players, and then you tell me what, what's the first thing come to mind. Uh, let's say uh, Stephon Diggs. Route running, burst, catching ability. Hmm. Debo Samuel. Playmaker. Get open. Good with the ball in his hands. Put him on anywhere on the field. He's going to make a play anywhere he is, running back, receive, slide. All right. Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, ace town. That's my <laughs> playmaker, just electric. Anytime yeah. that ball hit his hands, he catching in space. It's up. Like, yeah. This is track meet. Yes, sir. I'm going to go with a former teammate, Marcus Jones. Electric. Mm. Man. That's when I first got to U of H State. I kept hearing, we got an All-American. We got an All-American. And in my head, I'm like, I want to see the All-American. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't trying to hear all this. Like, where I'm from, we don't, we don't do all this. Ten, we want to go with the All-American. So when I got out there and I see him, he was very humble. That's just my, that's my guy, really. I mean, I took sacrifices and we been going in there, practice, me, him, and Tank, and Demir and Pepe Williams, just him, 
just a nature player, smart football player. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Man, it's so much for him. He just <laughs> he make anything happen. Just and I just like the way he play his game. Like he keep his game the same way he been. Just mm. running his routes, crispy with him, and just making plays and going up to get the ball and showing out with the ball when it get, when it hit his hands. Self scout yourself. Tell me something about yourself that you need to improve your game on. Improve my game. I was more of a possession receiver this year, so I would say yards at the kids. Hold on, hold on. You running in a four three four four, <laughs> bro, and you just said possession. That's what I was using as this year. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But more so, I need to work on yards at the kids. Just yeah. catching the ball and keep going after I catch it instead of mm-hmm. just catching and falling down. That's what I would say. Yeah. And just. Yeah, that's position receiver. Okay, all right. Well, I, I like to ask young guys like, what's you know, self scout themselves. Like, what you know, what you what you need to improve in, and you know, what do you see yourself? Because think about it. There's a scouting report out there on you that every every opponent that you play will have on you, right? And sometimes when you ask current players about themselves, man, I ain't got no deficiencies. I'm good. I'm perfect. Yes, and what that scout report say, that scout report say you don't do this, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always interested to see what kind of players actually are going to be truthful about themselves. And so I, I just appreciate you being truthful. Yes, sir. Yeah. What um, NFL teams, you got your pro day coming up. NFL teams are going to be there uh, along with, you know, watching other guys. What do you offer an NFL team? Offer an NFL team – Straight dog out the pit. Uh, just anything they need me to do, I'm willing mm. to do. I like to hear that. The more you can do. Any any place they need me. I mean, I didn't play every special team. I mean, I played the front line, the B line. And I was a five on kickoff. I was a gunner. Wow. Okay. I mean, just you ever been a punter? That I've done. You ever been a punter? No, nah, I was a punter. <laughs> <laughs> I was going down to tackle people. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, with your speed, you played gunner before, huh? Yes, sir. What about punt return? You ain't catch any punts? No, nah, I didn't catch any punts. Uh, just, I mean, I can't catch the punts. It's just, you know, people were trying to use me as to go block the punt. I was going to block the punts. And- okay. Well, just just a word, a little advice, man. You, you're a fast wide receiver. They can play every special team. And see, you know, try your hat, hat at a punt return, man. The more you can do on the team with that kind of speed, putting your ball in, the, putting a football in your hands, man, that it, it can only benefit you. I got you. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. And then start start practicing, try, start trying it when nobody's around. Like right, right now you got this long period, man. You got what, 20-something days? Yes, sir. You're at 18, 19 days before. Man, you're already out there grinding. Man, throw throw a little punt return out there. Now you just add something to your repertoire. Now you come in not doing it, and then you come into camp or you come into your pro day. Now all of a sudden, hey, I can catch punts now. All they can do is tell you no. Well, what happens if they tell you yes? I would say start playing quarterback. Like, take it all the way. <laughs> no, do everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. 
kick some extra points just uh, add it all <laughs> unlimited bag yeah that's <laughs> yeah man hey you got you got any questions for me because i mean i i love to sit and talk to young guys so man you got any questions for me that that, that you want to ask what was your mindset just going into that process of the combine and yeah. just being an underdog or just not getting the feedback you need to hear right and yeah. just like what made you turn it up another notch and just go out there and just give it your all and not just being overlooked and mm-hmm. just wanting people to see you just like what made you turn it up like great question you're gonna be overlooked right it's just it's just part of the process right and here and and, and uh, and here's why. This is how you're going to be overlooked. And it's not fair. And I'm not making an excuse. But I heard this from a number of coaches. Just came back from the combine. And one of the things I heard from some of the coaches was, like, man, these coaches have been on the road for, like, a month straight. Like, if, if, if there were some coaches that had to go to the, to, the, uh, to the senior bowl, they had to go to all these different bowl games, right? And then they come back, and then they have to start to look at, their own team with free agency coming in, franchise tag is coming up, and they haven't had a chance to sit down and, and evaluate all – like, think about it. There were 50 receivers at the combine, okay? But there aren't just 50 receivers that are going to work out. There aren't only 50 wide receivers that are attempting to get drafted. There's Think about it. 50, 50 guys at the combine and 32 teams. Not all the teams need a receiver. So let's just say hypothetically, Minnesota Vikings, do they need a receiver? I don't know, but let's just remove them. So that's 31 teams and 50 guys that were just at the combine. So you're going to get overlooked. It's not because you're not capable, you're not a good player, you're not this, you're not that. That has nothing to do with it. Sometimes it just has to do with limited amount of time, limited hours. There's only so many days in a month and so many hours in a day that you could be productive. And so are you? will you be overlooked by one team? Yes, there's a strong possibility. But then there may be, there may be five other teams that you caught their eye. So you just have to be prepared for that. And you can't allow the lack of attention to dictate your effort. And so you talk about why, how to have that mentality is understanding. I don't have to convince all 32 teams. Just one. Just one. And in in impressing that one team, you get on a film and you get into the system. And when they type in your name and you're in camp, now now all 31 other teams have access to your film, to your practice, because the NFL PA monitors that film to see, oh, did they, were they lined up in pass? Were they hitting, right? They utilize that to, to police the system in itself, but it's also there that other scouts can look up and see, hey, man, this guy, this guy can put some film on. He's put some film on there. I got a pro football focus account, Ultra, and I can log in your name and they'll show me where you lined up, 
you know, that, that that's where we get lost in the numbers. I, I get lost in numbers sometimes where I lose Coley, where he's like, bro, enough with the numbers. But those numbers represent something for someone, right? Where it, it may be historical, they use it to compare or comparison, or it's just like really just to know, man, you know, contested catches, uh, route depth, all of that stuff. So it's, it's, it's a great opportunity for you, and you may not see the benefit today. But if you keep at it and, and, and work on your grind and kind of do it and, and, and do it in the right way, man, somebody's going to see you. You know, we got all these developmental leagues now, XFL, USFL, right? I think those leagues, they need to be there because there's such a hit or miss in college. There's a reason why. Like, think about it, bro. You, you know, 5'11", 6 feet, 6'2", whatever it is, and you're running a 4'3", and you're a possession receiver, that makes no sense to me. You're not a possession receiver with that kind of speed. But because of the structure of your, de- of your offense for Houston, you became that guy because Tank has 71 first down. He also registered in, he, just like you, he said, I'm six feet. He's 5'9", actually registered in at 5'8", uh, three-fourths. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so that stuff, that's what you got to be prepared for and be ready. Then the second part, man, is um, – and this is how I, I, I built my career. And a lot of the young guys I talk to is, man, I went about my day. I went about my job one, one way and one way only. I would do a play a day. My job was to make a play a day. And here's why. If I make a play a day, when I go back in the film, I would always go back. You know, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. You know, you, you think you make this great, spectacular catch in practice. You're like, dog. We got to get back to the room. When we get back to the uh, – after lunch <laughs> or we get back to the film and it, y'all run a play and it's like, it was all right. Mm-hmm. But then when you go to another play that you thought was all right and wasn't as good as the other play, you actually realize that play was actually better than the play that I was super excited to see. Yes, so you know what I just did? Think about it. You went back to see one play, but you realize you made two plays. So in making one play a day, technically, you're making multiple plays a day. Yes, sir. But the philosophy is one play a day. But by making one play a day, you start to build this Rolodex, this file, this YouTube short of all the fantastic plays that I made in one day. And then you do it again tomorrow. And then you do it again tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, if the like they probably talk about you and your other teammates. Man, every time I turn on the field, man, Mr. Carter, he just, every time I turn on the field, he's making a play. If you, may, if you build enough plays in one day, you put enough deposit. so when you make a big withdrawal like an MA or a mental error, it doesn't, it doesn't bankroll your bank, your, your, uh, professional or amateur or college uh, career and with over withdrawals, man, you got enough deposits where, man, it ain't nothing but a blip on the radar. A fumble ain't nothing on a blip on the radar or a drop or a focus drop. We can live with that because, man, he that that focus drop is $5 or, or, or $10 withdrawal. But, shoot, you just block somebody, made a tackle on special teams and caught a big, uh, a, caught a big first down. Third and 13, you went 15 yards, caught it. 
fell down and you got the first down, you didn't deposit $250. Shoot. You said, oh, we, we short 220? Man, we can eat. We good on that. Thanks. Right? That, that's, that's how it is. That's the profession of football, man. I needed that. I, ain't gonna lie. I needed that. One play a day. I got you. Man, one play a day, that's it. You all of a sudden, you, you all of a sudden, man, like I did, you, you turn up, look around, you fall asleep, wake, wake up one day, daydreaming, you go, man, 16 years, bro. Man. I need it sure. All of a sudden, you got gray hair, your hair falling out. <laughs> Man, hopefully, I don't get my daddy his joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My mama always joking with me, like, oh, you got your daddy his joke. Yeah. I'm like, Man, my hair good. Man. Yeah. Now, what, uh, what else you got? What else you got? I mean, how long did it take, like, just locking in with the playbook, like. Oh, yeah, it man, it it depends on what kind of office you run, right? Yeah. Uh, what kind of system they were? Y'all run numbers or words? Hand signals, numbers, words. It okay. Just depends on, I done been in like three different playbooks. So oh, Kingsbury, oh, you know, Kingsbury, like Kingsbury had a different type. You get mm. installed that Sunday, you have to learn it that week. And, mm. And then when I got here, it just they went from hand signals, you know. But I mean, I was so I knew every play and just me on the field when my teammate needed to play. I mean, I already knew I knew yeah. I had to just lock in and tell them, oh yeah, I got you, you got this. But I'm I got my right in my head too. So it just me knowing every position on the field just helped me more so I could tell them if they forget to play, I know the ball about to come to me. I'm like, hey, we gotta lock in because. And that ball in the air, we both the, I got an outmouse you and the opponent. Yeah. It's not yeah. man. I need that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, then you're already ahead of the game, brother. Right? You've had multiple, multiple uh, uh playbooks that you've had to learn by, you know, going to obviously going to two different schools. That that's an advantage. For me, I, I only knew uh in college we ran number system. And then when I got to the NFL, we had West Coast offense. So I had I had never experienced, touched, knew anything about the West Coast offense. So I struggled to learn the West Coast offense because I was not I, I was I never pre got prepared for that. And then when I played in these uh, All Star games, uh, I played in the Shrine, played in the Blue Gray, played in the Hula. You know, it was a little bit of worse. It was dumbed down significantly, right? But I I, I was primarily in a number system, so I didn't have that advantage. So you're already ahead of the game. Understanding the complexity of a playbook, understanding how to absorb information and learn um, how to study in a short period of time. Heck, I'm still trying to figure that out to this day. So you're already <laughs> ahead, man. That's that's great. You know that that's that's life experiences uh, accidentally learning that's going to prepare you for the league because they're going to flood you with information. See how you handle adversity. See how you handle the pressure of the profession um, that that's the whole purpose of training camp and rookie camp and mini camps and OTAs is flood him with a whole bunch of information and see what he can handle to see where his threshold is. And then also to see where his ceiling is, where is his mental capability? Where does he get overwhelmed? How does he act when he's overwhelmed? Does he project his frustration on other people? You know, what can he problem solve? Those are all the mental games that the NFL is playing 
because they're investing in an individual with millions of dollars. And they have to see, are you worth it? Not are you worth it, are you smart enough, but are you worth it in handling the pressure that comes with playing in the NFL? I got you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'm just on a tangent right now, but think about John Moran. Look at John Moran, bro. Man. Like, look, it, I mean, this is dude has the possibility to be the face of the NBA, power A, Nike. And this dude is in a strip club flashing a gun. Man. He had not smart trip. Right. So, I mean, that that's this sport. That's that's the sport. And you got to be able to manage it correctly. You can't just make the basket or make the catch. Can you make the basket and make the catch and make good decisions off the field after you do it? Yes, ma'am. Just like with uh, social media, like, how did you, like, have to tell I your bet, friends? Bro, uh, that's a bad question for me because I am too <laughs> old. Social media was not as prevalent as it is today. So don't even that, – that, that that's a hard question because I, I haven't had to experience – what you guys experience all the time. I, I I mean, I was lucky, right? Like you go everywhere now where you do something good or bad, people got their phones out, right? Cameras out. Yeah, cameras out. So it, it, it was different, man. We over here, you over here, like the old stuff is, we over here like this. Like when I played with this, what we had, bro. You know, come on. You know? <laughs> I read through your Twitter and your Instagram because I always like to do that to see if there's, oh, he talked about this. You have a perfect athlete social media presence. Mm. You've given away no information about yourself, which is absolutely perfect. I mean, I really don't even get on social media like this unless yeah. somebody tag me or something, man. Really, I just <laughs> post football pictures of my, my daughter. So, yeah. right. Yeah, perfect. Keep doing that. Post on social media. <laughs> things like people get on your live and Screen record you live or something. Yeah, that's why. Like when I'm around my friends, like they get on live. And, you know, I be telling them like, nah, I can't be on live with y'all. Like y'all be doing too much. I don't mm-hmm. even like I just separate myself from them and tell them like, I got this slang. Get right or get left. Like, mm-hmm. You better get right or you can't be around me. That's the mm-hmm. get left part. Yeah. Just a lot of people they they respected it. I mean, I've been telling them what it is and. Now, I, I don't even have that many friends now, so I'm going through this process. I don't need no friends right now. I got my family at the house, and that's all I need right now while I'm at this process. And if people don't like the way I'm acting now, like, it's nothing bad. It's just yeah. I'm busy right now. So, like I tell my family, they be trying to get me to come down and, like, help uh, out the kids. And, you know, I, I get on FaceTime and tell them, but like I told them right now, I'm busy right now, so I got a process right now, so I can't mess up my schedule to come down. But at the end of the day, I call them, give them a little advice and tell them like, I got younger cousins. Right now I got my cousin, Derek Lagway Jr. Uh, he one of the number one quarterbacks in the state of Texas. And, okay. be, and he a high school right now, uh, coming up on his senior year. And we just always chop it up. And he used to ask me how I blocked the noise. I, I told him as when I moved from Willis to the Woodlands, I wasn't used to Everybody coming up to me like, oh, yeah, you you that guy. Like, and I just, I handled it so perfectly. I never did anything in high school. I just, I stayed at the house, played my game with my, yeah. my mama sitting up. And it was one night, 
the cops ended up calling my mama saying I threw a party. My mom was like, that's funny because he's sitting right here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> everything that happened just happened for a reason. Yeah. I just really enjoyed my experience at the Woodlands, just moving from Willis to the Woodlands. Like, it just made me become a better person, just meet new people and yeah. find out there's more people out there that will support you and not just hate on you. And be yeah, like, oh, absolutely. You that guy. I don't like you just because you're that guy. Everybody around the Woodlands is very supportive. And I have a lot of friends that's out here and I could call today. And having my friends, like, they test me now, like, I know you're going to bust the 40 record just because, like, my teammates from track that we ran with, we got the national record in the four by two right now. Uh, it's still up to this day. Okay. We, broke a, we broke a record, uh, like the four by 200 and track. From like nineteen ugh, minute ago, like nobody. <laughs> so so you hold on, hold on. You don't even. It's been so long. He don't even know that. He don't even know the nineteen and a. Well, minute. I'm worried. I'm worried because he already <laughs> said that his dad grew up playing PlayStation. That hurt me. That hurt me personally. That made me feel very Dream, old. Hey, Dreamcast. So, he's only yeah, he, he's like, listen, it was some old 1999. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> knife in the chest. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, hey, listen, I, I think that's a great perspective to have. Right. Uh, this is a very uh, uh, strenuous process, man. It, I always I look at it like this, man, is you on that keto diet and you can't have no empty calories. Yes, right. Uh, you, hey, man, that's a carb. I can't eat a carb right now. That, that, don't, that don't work with it. And, you know, I, I've, I've lived in North Carolina for a long time. And, man, I've always kind of came with the perspective. Uh, boy, if, if I wasn't tight with you before I left for college, uh, we ain't tight after I make it to the league. And But what's crazy is, I man, I still have a bunch of friends that I grew up with that I'm still tight with, right? I, I got one dude that hit me up. His name is uh, Trayvon Wallace, man. He played in Illinois. He was a corner. Man, we were friends in a kindergarten, played, played against each other in junior college. And he hit me up about two weeks ago, bro, just saying, what's up, man, just checking in. We have been friends since kindergarten. But the thing is, he don't ask me for nothing. I don't ask him for nothing. We just chit-chat, man, just reminisce. We, we were in kindergarten together and, and grew end up growing up at the same time, but also missing each other, too. So we, our, our lives were intertwined, but we kind of was in and out of each other's lives. But my point, my point in saying all that is, is perspective. People could question who you are, but as long as you have the right perspective, man, the true essence of who you are will shine through. Right. And, and I give it a great example of is right behind you. You and you in a house right now where there's blind. But who you who, the sun is the sun is there to shine light. And eventually, no matter what time of day is, just like as you've been talking, the light is getting brighter and brighter behind you. Because the true essence of the sun is to shine through. It don't matter those blinds there to, to keep the sun out. Right? And so just, just, and just know who you are, man. Stay, stay, stay deeply rooted in who you are and everything else to take care of the rest, man. Thank you. I needed this. Yeah. So, man, but, uh, man, it, I, I don't know. It's, it's been a tough – it's been cool, man, to talk to you. To have you on the cut to a podcast, man. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Got your daughter uh, getting training, getting prepared. 
You got a great let's man, shout out to your uh to your agency, man, that's that's repping you. Uh, oh, making yes, sure man. you get us on the podcast. We had the opportunity to talk to one of your fellow agency guys, Xavier Smith. Now, oh, yeah. uh, Keyshawn Carter, too. Uh, you guys are – man, y'all got pro days coming up. And, uh, man, super excited. So, uh, tell we're going to drop this pretty soon. So, tell, tell everybody that's watching this, uh, what's your pro day? And then uh, what day is your pro day? And what you think you're going to run in the 40s? Pro day, March 23rd, University of Houston. In the heart of the trade, third ward. Um, what I think I'm gonna run in the forties might make everybody drop their mouth. Man. Oh, what's, what's, what? 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 What kind of speed is that, then, young sir? I'm at a four two. That's how I'm feeling. Oh, okay. I like to perform when it's time to perform. So. All right. Well, I ain't never ran a four two nothing, so I don't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, four two. I'm looking to run a four two, low four three. Just, I'm just about to wow everybody. I'm just going out there with that mindset. I'm here for me. I got to put on for my family. Okay. And at the day, that's the date, March twenty third. Right. I got it written on my calendar, and it got eat on the GRGL. Okay. Get right or get left, because people trying to leave me behind. So I'm trying to get right with them. All right. Well, man, we appreciate you taking the time, bro. Uh, Man, look forward to watching you. Looking forward to hearing those numbers, uh, mm -hmm. man. And so uh, thanks for coming on to the Cut to a Podcast. Thank you for having me. All right, brother. Appreciate it. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.